What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a Little Gamescast, episode number 23. We're in each and every week, me and my friend Brandon here. Are you going to do it? What was that? Did you just fart? <laughs> That's I so stuck wrong. out my tongue and then... <laughs> Pumba, think of the kids. Oh, sorry. Each and every week, we get together to talk about games, things coming up, things we're looking forward to, things we hope you're looking forward to to be excited with us. You can catch us every week at youtube.com forward slash little games. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Little Games, capital TW. Catch us on podcast services around the globe near you, what have you, and need you, like iTunes, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all the Jews. Did I just say all the the news? All the you news. Did. Yeah, all the yep. news and all the good things. <laughs> and oh boy. So we off to a fantastic start. We have a heap of things to talk about today. <laughs> Let me just be cordial and ask how you doing, Brandon. I'm doing quite well. Doing I've been playing well. a lot of Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate? Is he having fun yeah. with that? I I'm having a lot Baldur's of fun Gate. with that. What are you playing it on right now? What's this? Uh, I'm playing. I'm playing it on my Surface Pro because it's a PC only game. Oh, fair enough. Oh yeah, it is a PC only. They didn't. Didn't they put that on Xbox One? Or am I don't I mistaken? think so. I know they 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 put a game like it on. They play. They put a Planescape game okay. on the Xbox One, not Baldur's Gate. Planescape. That sounds like yeah. a uh, a weird term for manscaping, but if you just have pasty white skin, <laughs> you just plain scaping <laughs> down there, and it's woo. No, don't worry about it, baby. There's nothing nothing exotic about your boy here. <laughs> just nothing but canvas, as far as the eyes can see. <laughs> but that's good. You having fun with, with the Baldur's Gate? I am. I keep forgetting to cast my spell, so I'm just beating everything with a quarterstaff, and it's great. There you go. That sounds like it. What kind of... What's the gameplay like? It is it like a dungeon crawling RPG? Like it's a uh, it's it's literally Dungeons and Dragons, uh, right. but as like a Diablo S game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ian, you're Similar. All, you're all about that D and D stuff. You nerd. You're such a nerd. <laughs> Yo, Adam. look me in the eye and say that, yeah. motherfucker. Hold on, let me. All right, now the audio listeners have to put up with me opening up Snapchat. <laughs> I'm not gonna open up. I'll do that later. I'll get you. Cool. So let's just get right into the first topic for the day. <clears throat> Big thing announced, Nintendo got ballsy and decided to do another one of these bad boys. SNES Classic Edition announced and dated. I have the article here. It says, Nintendo has announced the Super NES Classic Edition and announced that it will be released on September 29th at a suggested retail price of $79.99 in the States, $19.99, whoops, $19.95 in Australia, and $79.99 UK. That's a. I like how it says at a suggested retail price. Like you guys should put it on the shelf for this much. You can do less if you want. You know, like yeah, we're just kind of saying you should. You don't have to listen to us. We're Nintendo. I don't know. I don't know why it's written like that. Uh, the follow-up to the NES Classic Edition, which will be called the Nintendo Classic Mini Super Nintendo Entertainment System in Europe. Jesus Christ, that's a mouthful. I hope no one has to say that in a, in a store. It includes 21 titles, including Star Fox 2, a game that had previously never been released. Get ready, all you. You f furries, <laughs> you're getting a game that you've been wanting for years. Uh, the full list of games include as follows. And then um, we can talk about each one, see if we've ever played any of these as I list them off. Uh, first one, Contra 3, The Alien Wars. You ever played Contra 3? I've never played a Contra title. Never played a single one? Not even like an nope. arcade or anything like that? Nope. And they're fun. This might be your chance. I've, they're fun. I've, I've gone my entire life without playing it, and I'm, I feel like You've I'm missing out a little bit. whole life as a lie, damn it. <laughs> you are contradicting <laughs> life by not playing Contra. 
<laughs> boom. All right, I think we get into podcast right yeah, come there. On, come it's on, doing a good four minutes. Oh, oh boy, oh geez, sorry everybody. Twenty-three runs, like Michael Michael Jordan. We made it. We made it. Uh, next one, Donkey Kong Country. I, I'm assuming you've had to play some of the the Kong Country. I back in the day. fucking adore Donkey Kong Country. Hell yeah! And you gonna get to adore that classic, classic goodness once again on, I, the, on the box. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I made the association with Donkey Kong Country and like cherry and pineapple ices because the player two colors for Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong were yellow and. At the time, like I lived right across the street from a place that sold ices, so I was like, "Did you say yeah, a place that remind- sold ISIS?" Yes, ISIS. <laughs> they, they sold. They sold a terrorist organization. Oh my god! <laughs> you making those home videos in your basement? Are you the one doing it, Brandon? Now I'm on a list. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Uh, right after Donkey Donkey Kong, ISIS is Earthbound. Uh, I know you. Another game Earthbound. I adore. Earthbound's really, really good. Uh, following that, Final Fantasy three. Well, I know you don't don't like the Final Fantasy. I know you don't fuck with that, but I, I this do. is the this is the one Final Fantasy game I want to play. I just never. Why had is a this chance, the one? So. Yeah. No. Why? Because uh, I've heard excellent things about it, and it's like not as anime as some of the later Final Fantasy not titles. As anime. <laughs> they only start getting like really anime. Uh, probably like seven on. Other than that, they're all pretty you know just pretty standard. In terms of like the mythical RPG, you know, Knights, Wizards, Black Mage, meh. And then those elements obviously carry on, but with, um, yeah, it definitely gets more anime, like 7 onwards, so anything prior to mm-hmm. that is less less weeboo trash, so you don't have to worry about that too much. Um, following that, F-Zero, <laughs> which would never <laughs> get another entry after that. Was there, was there one after that? Was there one for the 64? Or was this the last there one? Was one for the si- there was one for the 64, and there was one for the GameCube. That's right. People forget about the one for the game. I, always, I do. I definitely do. Um, following suit, Kirby Superstar. Hell yeah. Dope-ass game. Good one. Kirby's Dream Course. Another fun time. Uh, mm-hmm. Arguably, like, probably one of the top three out of this whole list. Uh, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Classic. Really got Classic. good. Uh, what, predecessor to Link Between Worlds, if any modern-day kid or Roonies have played that on the 3DS. Uh, Mega Man X, that's really good. I really like the Mega Man X series. It's been a long time since I played it, though. I definitely um. The hmm. the last one I played was the PSP remake. Really? Yeah. Well, was the PSP remake I liked it. just of of X? Like they just did was, that with like. It was pretty much just X, but with like a pseudo 3D art style. It was very weird. I never know how I feel about games that do stuff like that, like do the half and half kind of deal. Sometimes it can mm-hmm. look well. Sometimes it can come out not so well. Kind of like how a lot of modern anime are doing that, like with Attack on Titan and Dragon Ball. Like they'll kind of throw in some 3D and then try to, you know, draw over and cell shade and make it look like it's still a cartoon. It's like I see what you're doing there. It's it's taking me out of the you, experience. You lying to me, you're lying. anime. You lying to me. You lying. And then uh, following Mega Man, we got Secret of Mana, another classic uh, RPG coming to the console. Which is uh, very interesting that they have Secret of Man on there because while it's very popular and um, a cult classic in its own right, it's definitely a little bit more niche compared to the, that of the rest of the list, if I have to be honest. I mean, I could be could be wrong, but at least that's how the way I look at it. My favorite comment about Secret of Mana is that, technically speaking, it's a three-player game and is only going to be allowed two controllers to connect to the, uh, the SNES That's right. They're only allowing two on this damn thing. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. 
I would have liked them to somehow get four on there, especially for one title that I wanted them to throw on the list, but they didn't. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Following Secret Man, we got Star Fox. Classic coming to SNES. Woo! Star Fox, do a barrel roll. And then following that, we have Star Fox 2, finally released. It was made, almost ready to go, and then a programmer was just like, nah. <laughs> and then Nintendo didn't want to make it, and they just didn't want to do it for whatever reason. And now they're I, putting it on there. Hmm. I just love the idea of like a single programmer going up to like Miyamoto and being like, yo, Mio, I don't think we should release this game. And him going like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's not release we'll it. We'll let you decide. <laughs> we we put all this money and resources to pretty much completing it, but you know, in the best you know, part. Could of you b- imagine? Oh, so, so, could you like imagine being the intern that canceled the game because you're like, yeah, I'm not feeling this. I'm not. Like, what do you think, Star Fox Two <laughs> or fucking I don't know, Electric Boogaloo? Electric Boogaloo. Like, you know, but you're not Star Fox. No one really likes those anyway. I don't see it really having a life after this whatsoever. But yeah, no, they, and I'm just surprised they kept the files around all this time, like, what, 20 years? <laughs> just sitting on the mm-hmm. shelf, never getting anywhere, not even on a virtual console. I mean, I don't even know uh, if, like, anyone was able to, like, hack it or get, like, an emulator of it or anything, because I don't know if the There was a ROM there. of it. It's just was an there? unfinished ROM. Fair enough. And then, shit, now they're going like, to finish it and sell it off. Did you see the picture of, like, the what remained of the programming team? Got mm-hmm. together to like celebrate the launch of Star Fox Two like twenty years after. That's hilarious. <laughs> They're all like old and gray and boring and lame. <laughs> like, woo, we finally did it. It went gold ish. It went it went silver. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, it's coming out, which is pretty cool. I wonder what other shit they have just like sitting on the shelf that they're just waiting to pump out. Maybe we'll get a Donkey Kong sixty four two whenever they do a classic, you know. Sixty four classic edition. 642 uh, Electric Boogaloo. God damn it, you're in that goddamn phrase. Uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting. Hyper Fighting. Coming to the classic as well. Because uh, I think they also, don't they have that version on the uh, on the Switch? Isn't that the one that they have over there? They have like a, a particular edition of it, I don't recall. Because mm. I also don't play Street Fighter, so that was like not on my radar in the slightest. Mm, fair enough. Uh, after that, they have Super Castlevania 4. Uh, really, really good. One of the best Castlevanias. Were you ever a Castlevania guy? I, n- I know you said you're not actually one of those Metroidvania fans, so that might. Not I like the first one. Yeah. What yeah. uh? What got you off that boat? Exactly. Do you know? Um, playing Metroid Prime Hunters and playing that that game took me about three years to beat because I had no idea what to do mm-hmm. and I was just like, nah. And then Shadow Complex came out, and everyone was like, yo, get this. This is great. And I played it, and I was like, nah. That, just, that genre was just dead to you after that one, after Prime Hunters. Yep. I just took it out Prime of Hunters you. ruined. My first Metroid game ruined Metroid for me. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. And then uh, following Castlevania, one that I've never heard of until I saw this list, at least not that I can think I've heard of it, uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Have you ever heard of Super Ghouls and Ghosts or played it? Yeah, I've yeah. heard of it. I've never played it, but I've heard of what it. Is, do you know what it is? I'm assuming Super um, Ghouls and Goose. Ghouls and Goose. I think it's like a, a sequel-ish to like Ghosts and Goblins in the NES, like that mm. one notoriously difficult game. Okay. Is it as hard as Battletoads, do you think? Yes. It I is. think it might be a little bit harder. Damn. No one's going to finish that game. <laughs> uh, and then for the rest of this list, it's just awesome shit from here on out. Uh, Super Mario Kart. Hell yeah. 
Not the best Mario Kart, yep. but still good. SNES Rainbow Road is the best Rainbow Road. I will fight no, anyone not. who disagrees with no, me. No, it is not. Yes, it is. It's, it's so, so boring good. and bland. I it's love just it. Flat. Like there's I no love it. tips and turns here. Double Dash is the best one. Come on, man. Double nah, Dash. Nah. Best SNES Mario Kart. Rainbow Road. It's or gorgeous Mario, Mario Kart, Kart 8. Road. I think Mario Kart 8's the best Mario Kart, but Double Dash had the best Rainbow Road. The Rainbow Road for Mario Kart 8, I don't like the whole like space uh fucking station half Rainbow Road thing they got going. I don't on. I I don't like their I don't like Mario Kart 8 Rainbow Road. I like no. their rendition of SNES Rainbow Road. Oh, where it's just like the modern day graphics, but you get yeah, but it's just flat. It's I don't so like, pretty. I don't like Rainbow Road Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, uh, Super Mario Fucking RPG, rude. The Legend of the Seven Stars. That's the one with like Geno and shit like that, right? Because it's the yes. actual Super Mario RPG. That that is the game that spawned the multiple petitions online to get Geno in Smash. <laughs> yeah, and then don't they have? Is he not a trophy like character or an assist trophy in that game? He is. They an, did something. An they made an outfit. That's right for Mies. That's it. So y'all could play as Gino in kind Smash of. Brothers, even though you're not playing as Gino in Smash Brothers. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Uh, following that, one of I think not many people disagree with this. Easily one of the best games of all time. Super Mario World, classic. You gotta you gotta respect the. Mario no, it kind of sucks. No, kind of. Okay, this fucking. <laughs> no, I, I, Mario <laughs> World like my favorite Mario game. Yeah, it's um, it's probably my. Second or third favorite. Shortly behind. My top favorite Mario game is going to be Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Definitely Mario 64. It'll always be there. Because I think that was my... F- I don't know if... I, th- I actually don't know if that was my first Mario game. But Mario 64 is my favorite one. I digress. My first Mario game was Mario 2. Was it really? Yeah. There you go. I, I love that game. I still, still love it to this day. Oh, no. That's just one of those things that you know can never leave a place in your heart. Because it's so special. <laughs> Following that... You cry. <laughs> Sherman! <laughs> uh, Super Metroid. So even more Metroid goodness for anyone that hasn't played it. Play Super Metroid. It's a good one. I don't know if it's my it's, it's, favorite one, but it's a very pretty and atmospheric game, and I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's a game that basically spawned an entire genre. True that. True that. Uh, after that, Super Punch Out. We got Little Mac coming up. Come on, Little Mac, get what you can, baby. There's another fun one. It's not Mike Tyson's, but it's Super Punch Out. And then, uh, last one, Yoshi's Island. Great game. Yoshi's Island. Very, this very is good. the first time that Yoshi's Island has been released since Yoshi's Island. Because everything has been a remake. Been a virtual with console or anything like that? All the virtual consoles have been at the Game Boy Advance version. Never the Super Nintendo. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. I think my favorite Yoshi game has to probably be uh, Yoshi's Story. Story Yoshi? Yoshi's Story? Yoshi, Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island. I like I like turning. I like uh my favorite level in Yoshi's Island is the one where you get a little uh ski cap and some skis and you're like ski sledding around around with Baby Mario, wearing like a little scarf and shit. It's mm-hmm. cute. Game's cute. It's Go play cute. it. It's cute. No, it's a great list of games. Although the most shocking thing is that it's um granted while the ROMs might be bigger, um this whole package for seventy nine ninety nine more expensive than the NES Classic because that was what sixty nine I believe, and it then was... um. Yeah, and then that was that one had thirty games. This one only has twenty one. Yeah, like I said, the uh, the actual files could be a little bit bigger, but it's a little bit shocking that we get f- less games than we did the, the price. Uh, NES one. The price is because it comes with the second controller. Is that really it? The first yeah. one didn't come with one. I mean, with two. It, the first one came with one controller, and to buy it, it was like twenty dollars extra at like your local GameStop, and they all sold out instantaneously. That's wild. So, as well. to avoid like 
that extra hassle, they bundled in a second controller. That's crazy. But no, that definitely makes sense to bundle just this <laughs> second one with it. But yeah, no, I did look it up. That's crazy. Yeah, it only came with one. Um, were there any games that you would have liked to have seen added to this list? Oh, brother, let me tell you. Oh, brother. Oh, shit, girl. Uh, yeah. Well, one that one uh, Chrono Trigger. I was gonna. That was one like, that I wanted on there, for sure. Like, come on. Um, uh, my personal favorite Super Nintendo game, uh, Turtles in Time. Fuck you! Keep taking all the games that I wanted to throw in there. You fucking suck. <laughs> Go be original uh, somewhere else. And just get out. No. <laughs> get out. I'm not. I'm not um, saying get out. Keep saying things. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> One that I wanted on there, just to harken back to the the Final Fantasy, was definitely Final Fantasy VI, because it's definitely one of the more higher rated fan favorite Final Fantasies, and it's one of the for you the less anime related ones too. But great cast of is characters. It Final great Fan- games. Hmm? Is it American Three, uh, Japan Six? No. Isn't it? Mm, well. It, oh. You might have it a little bit mixed up, but we're not getting. I mean, American Six is Japan. Wait, no, 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 no. This is a different Final Fantasy. It's not Final Fantasy. Uh, not the one that that everyone else wants. Sadly, not. It's a little um, bit different. Final Fantasy is confusing. They should just give just it all for those like, first Final six. Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they it can. should just be like Final Fantasy Alpha, Beta, uh, Delta, Gamma, Chupacabra, Pikachu, Electric Boogaloo. There we go. Electric Boogaloo. You just got to keep throwing it in there any way you can, huh? Yep. That's, that's, that's the theme of the, this podcast, Electric Boogaloo. Okay. Okay. Um, the fuck was I about to say? Oh, well, I don't know, but is there any more games that you yeah. think you could have wanted that list? Uh, Donkey Kong Country 2, at least. Donkey I would have liked 2. two. A lot of people like two more than one. I never played two. This would have been a perfect chance to go play it, but Nintendo got to do me like that. They do gotta do you like that. Um, a game I I didn't really expect, but I also would have liked to see uh, Super Mario All Stars. That would have actually uh, been pretty it, cool. Yeah, especially since most people who are gonna be picking this up probably did not get their hands on an NES Classic. Mm-hmm. So, it would like be a way to like appease those people who are like at least I could play Mario one, two, three, and lost levels here. <laughs> nice. And uh. A game that I would never expect it to be on this, but I kind of want it just because of nostalgia purposes. Uh, the Animaniacs game for SNES. That would have been pretty fun. I had no way in hell that would have made it onto I this. Just really but want I thought it would be fucking like great. all those cartoon games to be like on the <laughs> this con- this uh this collection because there's so many great ones that came out for like the SNES. Like um, what's the uh fuck, and I'm spacing Darkwing on it. Duck. DuckTales. DuckTales, thank you. Yeah, DuckTales. And then, yeah. Not, I never played Darkwing Duck. I forgot that I even had a game. <laughs> that would have been cool, though. Didn't they Didn't they release recently, like, a Disney cl- a classic game collection? I forgot the exact title of the bundle. They did. But, like, it has all they those old games. Did. They definitely did. Which systems did they release it for? Did they do that on the PS4 and the One? Or is it just on, I th- like... I think PS4, the One, I'm pretty sure it's on PC. I hope so. I'm not... I'm talking out of my ass now. I know it's not on the Atari Jaguar, so it's all good. Yeah, it's all that really matters. But yeah, no, it's yeah. um, it's cool to see this collection coming out. Uh, what was the date? It's coming out September 29th, a lot earlier than the NES Classic Edition, which only came out like November. And from mm-hmm. what I was reading, this will be running for the remainder of the year after it comes out. So that'll be a few more months, and then 
It'll be limited supply. Definitely not as limited as the NES. Are you? Do you think you're going to pick one up yourself? I am. I actually have a couple of uh, email notifications for when they go up for pre-order. Do you really? do. There you go. Yeah. If anything, not like, just flip them and make profit. <laughs> just. I was. Make money off of the bottom awesome. feeders. Yeah. He was lucky enough to get me an NES classic. Mm-hmm. So like I feel now, now I feel obligated to complete the collection. Mm-hmm. So when they eventually re- release an N sixty four classic edition, you just have to I'm gonna have to be on that. You, <laughs> yep. So I can't wait for curse you, brother <laughs> of Brandon, for putting me on this yep. trial. Oh, I can't wait for like four years from now when it's like the Nintendo Switch classic collection, and it's like, wait, what? Oh man. So, but no, I think I m- might pick one up. The only thing that's like keeping me, it's like. At the end of the day, I mean, let me just preface this by saying it's nice to have the convenience and all less for, uh, like, collection's sake. And just they're small and they're, you know, convenient and small. You can put them in your pocket and just put them on your shelf or whatever and then play and go. And they come with an HDMI cable so it'll actually, you know, up-res it correctly. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you, like, really wanted to get nostalgic and play one of those games, everyone has a computer right now that can run it. Even on, like, you know, a shitty, you know, like, four, three to $400 laptop, you can still download, like, an emulator and, like, mm-hmm. ROMs and stuff and play them. But just the overall like okay. convenience and the the novelty of these things is what's really cool, and it's, it's simple to like give to a kid. It's also it's honestly also it's just like nice to have like a licensed product. Like I know like right now realistically, if I really wanted to do it, I could go out buy a Raspberry Pi and like make my own NES Classic Edition. Mm-hmm. But just like it's just like a neat little thing. I, was, I like, thought you were gonna just like make an analogy with dessert when you said Raspberry no. Pi. I forgot that was the name of the kit that you can make your own thing. I'm like, if I really <laughs> wanted to, I could make my own Raspberry Pi, or I could just buy one from the store. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, both those statements check out. <laughs> I thought that's where you're gonna go. But um, do you think that these uh classic editions, like for the NES and now the Super NES, are probably why we aren't seeing the Virtual Console come to the Switch as soon as it? Honestly, could? yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They they know that they have people's money with this. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of people are nostalgic for the NES, but like more so our generation is nostalgic for the Super NES. So like, they know that these are gonna fall off the shelves like yeah. hotcakes. That's for sure. Well, I mean, I don't know about like our generation. Our generation, I think, if anything, is probably like the '64, like breaching on that. But definitely, like in terms of like games like that we heard growing up were like the best. Yeah, would have been from the Super Nintendo. Cause um, shoot, what what was your first console? Like it was it a Nintendo? NES. The NES was your first. Mm-hmm. And it came out before you were born, so I'm guessing like you, someone in the family had one and then gave it to you. Dad got it for cheap and gave me that and Balloon Fight. Balloon Fight was my very first video Balloon game. Balloon Fight was your first game. <laughs> That's funny. I I love that game. It has like no replayability, but I love it. Oh, there you go. I'm glad you have it a an attachment to it of some sort. That's a beautiful thing. All right. SNES Classic. Buy it September 29th if you want. Or if you don't want it, just give it to me. I'll there take it. There you go. And then he'll flip it. You, you son of a bitch, you're going to take the I'll the flip it like hotcakes. From, from our listeners, all four of them. Damn you. Yeah. I like your style. Let's split the profits. <laughs> we can we can hey. make a killing off of this. All right. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, Brandon, did you want to talk about games that we remember being fond of and then not liking so much? when we go back to playing and be like, the fuck was wrong with me? I thought I liked this game all these years, and now I'm realizing the errors of my ways. I'm going to start with the game I mentioned to you when we start, like, prior to recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bioshock Infinite is a game that is not very fun to play, but I love it. 
Like, I played it, when I played it at launch, like, I feel like a large portion of the people who played it were like, oh my god, this is an amazing experience. And then, like, a little while after, everyone was like, wait a minute. Like, I remember loving Bioshock Infinite, and I went recently went to replay the Bioshock collection, and I got to Bioshock Infinite, and I was like, why am I not having fun anymore? <laughs> like, what is wrong with this game? Like, Nostalgia can kick you in the ass what? that way. Yep, and then I finished the game thinking, yeah, that wasn't as good as I remember. And then, like, a week ago, I was like, yo, I fucking love Bioshock Infinite. The game's great. It just kicked back into you, even <laughs> even though you just played it. You just instantly forgot. That's the beautiful thing about nostalgia. Even if you just know on paper something's shit, <laughs> just your childhood will come up and be like, oh, come on, it wasn't so bad. And you're like, okay, yeah, it wasn't so bad, I guess. <laughs> I still kind of love it. <laughs> Which is nice, because, you know, it can keep you pure, and then, you know, just keep you happy and somewhat sane for things, and then you get to just enjoy it. At the end of the day, I just like going into, I mean, not to sound ignorant and stupid and like, you know, just being spoon fed content. I like to go into games and movies, you know, as like simple minded as possible, like kind of turning off a couple switches, like something a little bit less uh, like I don't like to be as analytical or, you know, nitpicky and critiquing. Obviously, if something's glaring at me in the face and it's just horribly, you know, place, design, program, what have you. I will notice it and then I will remember it and then just not like it. But I, I like to just let some things go. Like you just have to realize it's fiction most of the time. Just go with it. Just go with it. But yeah, what about Shock Infinite? What what other things about it <laughs> did you realize? Like, oh, this wasn't as good as I thought it was. Just, I, it's like I enjoyed everything up until the first part where it's like the Lutesses show up and they're like, Yo, man, this Chinese guy you need alive, he's alive in this other universe. Why don't you uh, hop on over to this dimension and go get him? And, like, once that option, I was oh, like, I oh, whole sequence. this is this is why I don't like this game. <laughs> yeah, it gets, very, it gets very jumping around. You're like, okay, no, I kind of just want to stay in this one place and then, you know, let the story unfold here. I don't God, other dimensions? Cool. Why not? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like whatever, whatever you need to tell your tell your story. Other dimensions, woo. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you probably saw this one coming from me, but uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> you know, I love it. You know, I need it. <laughs> Whenever I do go back and play it, there's just always the things that more or less just kind of remind me that it's like a, a not necessarily a kids game, but definitely very dated. And then just like, uh, just has its moments. It's more or less line Kay. delivery, huh? Mm-hmm. What were you gonna say? Sorry. I was going to say, can I guess the part where you realize, oh, this game isn't as good as I remember? Go for it. Let's just see. Uh, Tarzan's World. The entirety of Tarzan's World. That is one thing for sure. Especially just from like (laughs) the delivery, like the recording of the lines and the overall world construction is kind of poor. The platforming is very, very, very sluggish and just trippy. Like there's a one section of the world where there's like hippos that'll rise up and down. And there's, like, a chest, like, on the opposite side of the valley where you have to, like, awkwardly hop from hippo to hippo. Mm-hmm. And the amount of space that Sora can land on a hippo is so small. And then if you, like, miss it, you're in the water. And you can't climb on the hippo. You have to start all over again at the little platform on the whole opposite side. And then you just get to the chest, which is the three fucking Dalmatians. What are just sitting in a chest. What, these dogs are dead in the goddamn chest? That reminds me of a comic. Schrodinger's dog. <laughs> that reminds me of a comic that I saw for Kingdom Hearts. Where, like, it's the underwater level for Atlantis. Or Atlantica, I should say. And then, uh, like, Sora's like, oh, boy, your chest! And then he, like, clicks it open, and then it, you see 
the chest open, hella bubbles, and then the dogs just start floating up, and they're dead and upside down, and you see crosses on their eyes, and the look <laughs> on his face is, oh, oh, <laughs> but, um, what have I done? Oh, God. But uh, one moment that always happens whenever I do decide to replay it and go uh, go back through the game is towards the end of the game in Hollow Bastion, where, uh, where you're about to rescue Kyrie and Sora delivers the most powerful line, and then spoilers alert, like Kyrie's heart, because that's the game, is within Sora the whole time. And then someone reveals that to him, and Sora goes, Kyrie, Kyrie's inside me? And now that I'm not nine years old and I'm a 20-plus-year-old dude <laughs> with fucking sexual innuendo jokes out the ass, I go, because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so fucking immature, and it just kills everything for me. It's just, Kyrie, Kyrie's inside me. <laughs> God. Hey. But yeah, no, I, I still fucking love it. It's still my favorite game, but God damn it, it has so many, so many things to not age well. The overall, like, all the fish faces and the fucking... I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of the platforming is still fun, and the combat's still great. Better than a lot of other games these days. But, eh, you know, what are you going to do? Some things definitely still don't work. Uh, a lot of things I know what you're going to do. Play a different game. Not possible. Like Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a whole other can of worms right there. <laughs> <laughs> do you have another one uh, before I go into another one? Yo, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is my Rolling favorite awful game. That game, game has five good levels. Out of the entire game. Five. Five of them. Five good levels. Just five. It has like four yeah, four Sonic levels, one shadow level, and then Pumpkin Hill. Those are the only levels in the game. Really? Like, go back and replay it, like like ignoring the plot being complete and utter garbage, because the plot's complete and utter garbage. But it's a Sonic game, so it's oh, alright, I garbage. guess. <laughs> like the so- like the so- the Sonic levels are fine. There's like one or two kind of eh Sonic levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knuckles controls does not work with the design of that game, like those levels, and they don't really work or are fun. Pumpkin Hill is the only good one because like you can climb towers and glide around, whereas everything else is like you're in these boxed arenas where there's not much room for you to maneuver and you walk way too fucking fast. Mm-hmm. And then the tail stages, it's literally holding the B button and like hearing the most obnoxiously long beep while lasers fly out of you. And it's just not fun. And like the dark campaign is the exact same thing. And then there's a lot of butt rock in it, but it, like a lot it's of okay. Butt because rock? <laughs> butt rock is just like, there's like that era of time, like, from like Digimon onwards where there's like that crappy rock and roll about friendship and shit mm-hmm. and Sonic is notorious for having a lot of butt rock and there's a lot of butt rock in Sonic Adventure 2 but it has a I city escape term. I'm in love with that right <laughs> now <laughs> every time you say it please one more time <laughs> yeah like the only good butt rock song <laughs> is uh, city escape I feel like the hyenas from Lion King. Ooh, say it again. <laughs> Move, Fasa. Ah! Ooh, one more time. One more time. Okay, keep going. But yeah, and like, like Pro Jared made an excellent video, like analyzing why everyone remembers it so fondly, and it's because of the Chow Garden. Because it's like, I need to get my Chow to level up. I'm gonna replay that one Sonic stage over and over again to get like the Chow like vials or whatever the hell it is to like level them up and shit. Yeah. So like, you kind of like. Like the not the fan base kind of warped their own like memory of that game by reinforcing all the good 
like all the five good levels mm-hmm. and completely ignoring the rest. But yeah, the game's not good. Also, all the subtitles are in Comic Sans. Like, it's terrible. It's a terrible game. Yeah. Play it though, because it's a good kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. But it's terrible. But it's terrible. And I hate them. It's terrible. Then a lot of butt rock. And a lot of butt rock. <laughs> Ooh, Mufasa. Um, one that I just thought of, uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Don't get me wrong. Probably to this day, it's still probably my favorite. <laughs> why? Why do you laugh at already? I just said the title. <laughs> I'm just having. I'm just having like war flashbacks to Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong. While the overall like setting and the character is my favorite, the game definitely has its issues. More or less when it comes down to a gameplay stand standpoint. Like um. There's just so many moments where you're trying to, like, walk through the crowd doing, like, you know, the, the obnoxious-ass gentle push, leaping off the building, you know, trying to land into a haystack. And it's just, it's programmed well, but there's too many times where there's room for error, where you'll either, you know, leap off the top of a building, not doing the eagle dive like you wanted to, and you're just awkward. Instead of hearing the rewarding, you just see Ezio just fly, and then, ah, Gloria, and then just fucking trying to walk through cl- clouds walk through uh through crowds just super awkward trying to stab the correct dude you want to doesn't always work uh granted it's just you know it was only their second entry so they still had a lot to work on and improve Mm -hmm. but i mean overall gameplay is a lot better in the future assassin's creed titles while the characters you know settings might not be as enthralling they're definitely uh it's a lot it's a very dated game to play which is a weird thing to say about a game that came out in what 2009 2008 2008 2008 fuck it's almost 10 years ago god we're so old we're so old yo you old we old though but uh which is yeah it's just weird to think about but it's definitely very dated at this point and when you go back you can tell the game itself is is dated overall it is very very dated can can we quickly talk about how there was a point in that game where like etio is like yo i gotta find the thing and then the game pauses, and, like, Sean and Rebecca are like, yo, man, your DNA's corrupted. We're going to fast forward two years. God. And, they fa- and then he, like, he's just chilling on a bench, and this chick walks up and is like, yo, I got the thing. Yeah, right. And then it was like, like oh, yeah, here, here's the DLC. Yeah, they did do that. That was with that red-headed chick, right? I forget yep. her name. She was hot. Uh, she was hot for video yeah. game girl. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm-mm. Even though they all look like fish people now. They all definitely do look like fish people. But back then, they were fine lobster tail. You know what I'm saying? I can't be no worse. I really don't, You are no worse. Uh, you know what I'm saying? One that I think of, like, um, it's kind of one that I still, like, go back to. And I, we talked about it in, uh, in our top five. Although I think it's definitely been moved off the list uh, as of late. Uh, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. more or less from a nostalgia standpoint, that I, because I had that awesome experience of, like, you know, finding the world and exploring and all the big open vastness of, you know, everything being new, like, that first year, and, like, whenever I have tried to go back, none of that clicks again, like, it, and I know mm-hmm. that it never can, just because it's nostalgia, and the only, the only time I think anything like that could possibly happen would be with, like, a new MMO, where it's just, like, I'm innocent to it, which would be a hard mindset to get back into, but whenever I do go back into it, I'm like, Yep, it all feels the same, and I feel like I've just wasted X amount of money on expansion and a monthly subscription already. Well, I spent the money, might as well try to see what I can enjoy, and I can usually enjoy some things about it, like whether it be new PvP or, you know, some single, not single player, but like uh, story-related content just because it expands on a universe that I've been interested in and invested in for so many years. 
there's just nothing like that ever can ever click again. And it's kind of it's sad, you know, because like we've said before, nostalgia you can only have it click so many times, and then you know you get old and boring, and I hate it. But it's just it gets stale. And I'm just I'm just bored, and it sucks, and it sucks. Although I haven't played that game in like a couple of years at this point, I think not bad, a little over a year. But I only played the new expansion for like a week, and then I got bored. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, it's rough. It is rough. You have any more you can think of? Um, Halo Reach. Halo Reach. I mean, it's like the worst one, but yeah, go for it. What were we gonna say? It is the worst <laughs> one, but I, there's like Halo Reach is one of those games that like I look back on it a lot more fondly than I like. I remember that game being better than like it was, and I know it was terrible when I played it. Yeah. Like I was miserable throughout the vast majority of that campaign, throughout the vast majority of, like, that game's, like, life cycle, playing the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But, like, every so often I think of that last mission, and I'm like, yeah, man, Halo Reach is great. And it's like, Ready, no, it's just that last mission. Mm-hmm. Is it just that whole build-up or, like, that holding out point, like, when you're waiting for the uh, the cannons to fire it's, that you think is the best part about that it? That holding out point, I think, is, like... So, like, Halo Reach's fault to me was that they beat the point that it's a doomed mission. Like, they beat it over your head with it with, like, all the characters, like, not really being given good death. Yeah, they just take like, them out as soon as possible, really. Like, there's like, very few George, ones that are good. George had an alright death. Yeah, that's what uh, I was thinking of right before you said it. Uh, Emil's death could have been avoided if he looked at his radar. True that. Um, Cat needed to have better situational awareness, mm-hmm. and Carter literally is flying the Pelican... A loading screen happens, and then he's bleeding, and the pelican's crashing, and it was like 30 That's minutes right, past in game, and it's like, what? Out. I forgot about that. They did an off-screen thing. And then he suicide bombs a scarab, but like we know from previous Halo games that that really wouldn't kill a scarab, so it kind of like just died for nothing. Yeah, especially when there's like an, another way to completely go about that, and I don't think the situation was super necessary for him to do that, if I can recall. Nope. Yeah, it's been so long since I've played that game. Right I just remember Halo Reach having, like, the most hype for, like, any upcoming Halo game that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was just because of the uh, the whole Halo 3, like, life cycle, and we played that game to death, and uh, we loved it for every last moment, moment that it was, and I still look back on those moments fondly, and then Halo Reach coming out was just feeding off of that, that hype, so it was so hard to follow up on it. It was kind of in a tough spot when you think about it. Oh, yeah. Like... It's just, like, there's mechanics in Halo Reach also that I don't think work. Like, I don't like the armor uh, abilities, the way they handled them in the multiplayer, at least. Mm. Like, they're fine in the campaign, but it's just, like, I liked Halo 3's equipment system, even though I don't think it was as fleshed out as it could have been. But, like, the idea of, like, armor abilities being, like, power weapons you pick up on the map and have to fight for. I thought that was, I think that was a neat idea. Yeah. And just, like, little things like that. You know, like, I, I, I even loved the game type Invasion. That was, like, one of my favorite game types. I just, I and wanted I even more like, from that game type. I felt really let down by it. Like, I just, I don't know if it was just my fault for hyping up the idea of what it could have been. And it just didn't hit on all those expectations. But it's just, I don't, I don't know. I felt like, I think the biggest problem was when you got into those those map spaces. And then so much on the back and the front end was empty. The only action is ever happening mm-hmm. at whatever the current objective is, and it doesn't do a good enough job of keeping all the players contained, contained in that spot and allowing you to spawn on that open end 
in the the back and the front end so you're just kind of traversing from this dead space to where the action is you die and then you can get yourself out of the mindset of this awesome combat experience and you're spending too much time traversing this dead landscape and then yeah. i don't know i just felt like that game type could have benefited from either a a smaller map or just more players and enough things going on throughout the map to no matter where you are you feel like you're doing something that was just my probably my biggest Wait. problem with invasion you see, my biggest problem is also like a stupid problem. Mm. I don't like the fact that it was red versus blue. <laughs> like, really? cause, no, hear me out. Because in the beta, Spartans were green. Were very sh- not only were they very like they were green, but it was like your ally was the same shade of green that you were. So not only did you have the little icon above their head, but like you could visually see, oh, like my arms are like forest screen that guy has also the same shade of color oh, as right. my it was arms the, the battle buddies. buddy thing right yeah the and then the elites were all different shades of purple mm-hmm. and like i thought that was a great system just because like we are we were trained that like spartans are green elites are purple but then it was red and blue and i was like that's kind of lame yeah just I don't like feels that like multiplayer again but i'm stuck being either spartan or an elite it doesn't feel yeah. it feels less uh pve more pvp at that point Mm-hmm. I get you. I'll get you. Another one that's kind of like random, and it's kind of like a broad one, but just you ever think, like you ever go back and play like those action platformers, like the ones that you know you and I like love and play to death, like Jack and Dexter, Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, at least like the first couple yep. of entries. And remember, obviously it's just because you're a kid and your grasp for time was so much, you know, more dense than it is now. Like you remember those games being so much longer <laughs> like, I felt like the first Jack and Daxter took me days to complete. And if I ever go back and play now, I can do it in, like, th- four or five hours, maybe. And you're like, oh, that was it already? Okay, well, no, whatever. <laughs> I thought that thought it was longer. No, I was wrong. It's kind of like, you know, when you take a 30-minute car drive when you're a kid, that feels like hours. But now you mm-hmm. do it, you're like, I do that shit every day. Commuting to work, it's fucking nothing. It's actually not enough time for me to go through my playlist of songs I want to jam out, too. It's not enough time. I remember, like Jack Two is one of those games where like I remember that game's there being though. a lot of you, you have a lot. More that game's really that game. long, but like I remember like there's like a lot of dead time in the middle of it. Yeah, where it's like not a lot's happening in the plot. Yeah, where you're just traversing like, and doing side quests, and you know just because they programmed it to fill time until the next big main thing came out. You know, you just yeah, go to the like, you go to the pumps. Like here, Sid. pick up the hoverboard, mm-hmm. go race for a while. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like. Is, can I can I do something fun? Yeah. Like. And then you have just, fucking Torn no. telling you to go collect a flag from the pumping station. And you're like, what, why, Torn? What do you want this for? Yeah, and then go hang out with Sig. Send a message. Yeah, to send a message because fuck the Baron. And then uh, go hang out with Sig and kill all these things that aren't really doing anything that <laughs> we're just programming in there for now. Yeah. Come help me. Give you a peacemaker. Yeah. Oh, man. Fuck, now I want to, now I want Jack Fort, damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Now I want a peacemaker. That's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, man. All right. You want to move on to one of the, the next topics? We're running yes. on time now. Next big one. We're going to talk about our favorite, favorite soundtracks of video games. I'm surprised. Have we seriously not talked about this yet? We have not talked about soundtracks. Really? That is wild to yeah. me. I feel like we have. <laughs> We've mentioned a couple games where it was like, yo, we that game great soundtrack. Music. You're like, yo, you're right. But we just never actually made a topic about it? Okay, that's nope. crazy. 
I'm glad it's cool that we're at the point where I can't keep track of what topics we've done, but it's also a bad thing too, I guess. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> get like that time. one comment of like our, one of our th- three listeners were like, "Actually, you guys did that topic in like episode mm-hmm. seven. Yeah, right. Who knows? Maybe, hopefully, like you know, months to years from now, if we st- if we're still somehow doing this, they'll be like, "You did this already. You're stupid." Be like, whatever. We came up with more. Fuck off. I hope <laughs> someone content. types it out just like that. Like, you stupid. You stupid. You stupid. D O O P I D. Yeah, you stupid. K Y S. Damn, that's harsh. Go ahead. You want to kick it off? Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. My favorite Zelda soundtrack. Jesus Christ, you said that fast. <laughs> I was also, okay. I have like a little art print. <laughs> just, I have like a little art right, print of it. And I was just like looking at it and I was like, hey, Lumwick has a great soundtrack. And I was like, oh, wait, let me verbalize that. Um, <laughs> yeah, like one of my favorite things about Wind Waker is how it takes a lot of tracks from Ocarina of Time and implementing and like doing its own thing with it. Like mm-hmm. a little known fact, not a little known, but like, not everyone realizes when they're playing it. Uh, the Outside Island theme has a little bit of Kokiri Forest in it. Like, I've always, yeah, I've noticed that. <clears throat> it took me a few years to note for it to collect, but I'm like, oh shit, that's a because don't they use that? They use that theme in a couple games. Am I mistaken? It's I, they use they use like a Saria song in a few games. I only use it in Twilight oh, Princess. Okay. Oh okay, okay. But uh, but no, I definitely did pick up on. It. I'm like, oh, that's that's really cool. And one of my favorite things is like the the menu music like actually mm-hmm. touches on characters and songs that play later in the game like uh like the, my favorite one is like a uh, like a little violin going like that part is Makar's theme and the song that he has to play to get into the for- the wind temple and That's like right. <clears throat> and like the other one is like medley's theme and the one that plays when she's going to the earth temple and i was just like I thought that was like a neat little thing where it's like it's foreshadowing, like. Yeah, I always th- appreciate when games do that. Like this song is important. You might not realize it now while you're listening yeah. to it, but it's important. Yeah, because the great thing about Wind Waker is that it incorporates music into both gameplay elements and story. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you use the Wind Waker as it is to conduct the winds to you know help yourself travel, and then you know use other gameplay elements to affect the world, and then these other characters have to use it in order to you know pass trials and then become them better selves. Ooh. Also, oh, no, no, Wind Waker's the awesome. uh, the Great Ocean theme is my favorite travel music in like any game ever. Because they also incorporate like one of the uh, the classic like Zelda songs in there as well too. Yep. Like just very very briefly, like it's the uh, the like the they throw they mix that in there every once in a while. They also uh, do like the the morning music, like an Ocarina of Time, where it's like da 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 da, like you like sail in the night, and then like you see the the sun coming up, and you'll hear that in the distance, and then mm. all of a sudden like the trumpets start blasting at you, and it's like da 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 da, and it's just like yes, adventure, let's do this. Let's do it. What's your favorite uh? What's your favorite Wind Waker track? Um. If you I, have to have one. The legendary hero song, like the the one that plays during that fantastic oh, the, opening. The so, prologue. Yep. The one that uh, you should read in Michael Caine's voice. <laughs> <laughs> the great <laughs> warrior of light came and defeated a Ganon. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, no, I love Wind Waker. And then the soundtrack is definitely, cannot be topped. Can't beat a Dragon Roost Island. That's probably my favorite song off of the whole oh, track. Oh, it's a great. I love the Spanish <laughs> guitar. <laughs> yeah right um 
obvious one for me. You could probably just guess what it is. Go ahead. Prep of the rapper. You got it. You got to believe. What you got to do, you got to receive. <laughs> receive. Burr. Ooh, got him. But no, uh, obviously Kingdom Hearts. I mean, I can't say uh, like which particular game, like which one specific. Uh, I use it just broad because they obviously use a lot of the same music. But each and every single one has their own different entry for Dearly Beloved, which is the, the theme that plays, you know, on the menu music where you hear that. Sweet, you know, glistening, do do do, with like the the island breeze in the back. Oh, Sometimes you hear so some good. water and ocean. So good. And I think Birth by Sleep might be my favorite version of Daily Beloved, just because it incorporates um, the three main characters' themes into it occasionally, and then it just, especially when it dips into both Ven and Aqua's themes, that incorporate it so well with the piano. It's just mm-hmm. oh god, all the emotion and the feels, and then um, but then yeah, just I I love that the game soundtrack i still always listen to it all the time no matter what and then yutado hikaro's you know vocal Fucking. songs that she's done for both simple and clean my thank you baby. so my thank you, baby. which one do you like more sanctuary or simple and clean uh i toss back around so much i've more consistently liked simple and clean but not the uh not the planet b remix one that's the one that plays at the the intro for kingdom Hearts one but the, mm-hmm. the the full version so the one that plays during the credits that just you know cuts right into it the when you walk like right there and then you know plays for like a, it's a five minute version i love that but i also really love the version of a uh, sanctuary that's plays at the kingdom hearts true credits where it's the after the battle version mm-hmm. because what they do is as opposed to having it all hodgepodge up in one they separate the tracks a lot of people don't notice that like for the end game uh the end scene and the credits it'll just be the vocals with the piano and then um then they'll split off into another section where you hear the where they do the like the guitar and like mm-hmm. all the other instruments which are like okay that's really cool how they did that like they kind of deconstructed the song and then gave it its own uh like its own like personality and like multiple parts in its own own vision but yeah that probably one of my other top favorite ones. i like sanctuary Sanctuary more. Sanctuary is dope. Don't get me wrong. I like the the overall uh, animation intro sequence of Kingdom Hearts 2 more just because (laughs) it's obviously like a recap of everything that's happened up until then and then it hints into more. Whereas with the first Kingdom Hearts, it was just kind of like, you know, themes of the game and, you know, kind of just like vision pitch. Hmm. But yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. What other ones do you like? I'm gonna get these two out of the way real quick. Uh, Transistor and Bastion are. Two of my favorite soundtracks of all Tim. This I do know. Um, All Tim. Of all Tim. Uh, Tim. They have really good like background music, like orchestral stuff. Well, not really orchestral, Mm -hmm. boy. The actual like in-game like battle music, all that stuff is fantastic. And one thing I like that not enough games do, in my personal opinion, is uh the songs that have lyrics in them. Those are in-universe songs, like. Simple and Clean and, like, Sanctuary, for as an example, aren't, like, songs in the Kingdom Hearts universe. It's, like, a song crafted for Kingdom Hearts. Whereas, like, any song featuring vocals in Bastion and Transistor are songs that have a place in that world written by a character or a culture. Like, my favorite song from Bastion, Build That Wall, is actually designed as, like, a war chant. And it's sung in a very unique way when you like encounter it in game where it's like you listen to the lyrics and it's like this is clearly supposed to be chanted while fighting but it's like a very interesting rendition of something like that and it's just like i like how they'll like i just like how they use like 
their universe to like craft the music and it's like very interesting so uh go play bastion and transistor or at least listen to the soundtracks they stand up on their own hell yeah um just a quick two that i just want to throw in there uh well the first one will be quick the other one i'll talk about mm. a little bit more uh super mario 64 i've always dug the soundtrack for 64 exactly i was really humming that to myself before we started recording and i love that fucking first level song so much it has been one that I always think of ever since I first heard it when I was a kid. But I just it just sets a beautiful tone when you first launch the world and you just hear And then uh what is the like that that racing song whenever you have to race the turtle or the penguin down the sleeve. And then uh like uh, and then you also get the like more dreary, like the kind of slow and this ominous, like the underwater level. Oh, I love and that one. And then you also get the uh, like the 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 hellscape one where you're just like there's a shit ton of fire before you have to fight Bowser, and then it's all dark. It that that game touched on like pretty much all different like touches of music that you could almost think of, like in terms of like you know mood and like where you are in setting. I love the um, uh, the Rainbow Ride one because like. I grew up with the uh, Smash Melee uh, soundtrack that came in mm-hmm. Nintendo Power, and they have like the rendition, the orchestral rendition of Rainbow Ride. And towards the end, like everyone gets so hyped about it that they start clapping along to the song, and it's just a plus. Ten out of ten, recommend. <laughs> Eight out of ten. Uh, my last one that I just want to just talk about before we move on to the last topic of the day, and then you can obviously say any other soundtracks you want, but I'm just running low. Uh, Final Fantasy 15. More or less just because um, it's Yoko Shimomura, who's the same composer for uh, the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, this was the first time she got to full-on do a Final Fantasy one. She's helped out with other titles before, but this one is just all her composition. Um, one of the like latest tracks in the game, Hellfire, uh, is one of the, like, the final boss fights. Not mm-hmm. the very last one, but one of the last bosses. It's like the full version I just looked up is like a, what, a 12-minute track, mostly because it's synced up for multiple phases of the boss fight. But throughout the fight, it is just beyond epic. And don't let the name fool you. Like with a title like Hellfire, it sounds scary. And there are definitely moments where it kicks in with like these war drums where it's like, and you're like, holy shit, this is fucking epic. And this boss is making my ass sweat. But then it has like those chiller ass moments where you just hear everything pause and the violins and the rest of the orchestra just swoop in and just like send a literal chill down your spine. No pun intended based off of what happens in the bus fight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it also incorporates music that you've heard throughout the game um, in this boss fight. Just to remind you as the player of everything that you and these characters have gone through in these moments that you've had just to kind of, you know, ring everything back up before you hit the very end. And then it sends it out in the most epic way. And the main theme for Final Fantasy 15 is called um, uh, Somnus, which we've been hearing since the very first trailer back in 2006. And then hearing that incorporated from very beginning of the game to very end was just uh, it, it, it strung on nostalgia chords that were just like too much for, you know, someone to handle who discovered this game. Like, well, and it got announced hearing that music, you know, when you were what pre pre uh, puberty and then finally getting to hear it again at the very end. is just a, oof, something else. Final Fantasy 15. Great soundtrack. Yoko Shimura outdid herself. And I can't wait until Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, just because she's obviously familiar with that franchise and has that experience. That she's done with uh with fifteen now, it's all good. It's all good. My la- my last soundtrack that I want to talk about is a uh, more of a, more of a franchise, uh Halo. 
Oh yeah, of course. Which, like, as we, as like we've gotten across these past twenty three podcasts, uh, we both are big fans of the Halo franchise, mm-hmm. and uh, Marty O'Donnell has done fantastic work with their soundtrack. Like, oh, definitely, I you can never count him out. He's one of the greatest of all time. Like, when it comes to not just video games but other music stuff too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's a, some fantastic video game soundtracks, but like, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like. It almost feels like video game soundtracks didn't become like as fully respected as they are now until like around the ha- like Halo came out. Like obviously mm-hmm. we had like Mario and Zelda, but like I feel like was what Mario Donald did was like the first Halo game, which I think he he did like on a single keyboard and then like in a microphone like in a room by himself one day like not even like there's not too many like actual like instruments on the original Halo soundtrack but just no. The the composition didn't have that kind of budget. <laughs> yeah, then like Halo Two, where like they got several like celebrities to actually like like not celebrities like famous musicians to work alongside and like compose and like play on the Halo Two soundtrack, and it's just Halo soundtrack is fantastic, phenomenal. It really. Is. I love uh Halo. You said 2. Halo Two soundtrack. Halo Two is my probably my favorite, yeah. but uh. I'd say so. I, mean, I just really love that menu music. It's just so chill. Yeah. Yeah, and then um. And it was really cool, like, what he did with a ODST soundtrack. He got to mix it up a little bit from what we knew as classic, you know, Halo with, like, the, the drums and the monks and all that. And he got to do a little bit more more jazz and then kind of freeform stuff. He got to mix it up. I think my favorite uh, track off of ODST was probably the um, uh, the mission where it's, like, Romeo and Buck, like, up in the sky skyscrapers, like, up at the top. And you hear that rocking guitar come on when you're doing that like brief firefight thing with all the banshees mm-hmm. do you remember that part yeah, yeah like that, as that, you're walking that's definitely one of my favorite on like tracks. that hanging like girder the like the yeah, banshees fly yeah, by crane. and it shakes the thing mm-hmm that shit got intense that was good times but no halo is definitely one of the greatest one of the greatest soundtracks no one no one can disagree with that i don't care about subjectivity and then opinions fuck your opinion <laughs> Everyone, they say opinions are like assholes, and your asshole is bleached, motherfucker, because you don't know what you're talking about. Whoa, that's very aggressive, Seaver. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> Kanye West talked about it. I can talk about it. Oh, man. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, Brandon, I know you said you were looking around at, like, the big sales of games and stuff and wanted to talk about a couple things you know. Just go go ahead. Hit the people with All right, what you wanted to do. Here are some games you totally check out, whether it be on Steam sale. I know Xbox Summer Sale starting relatively soon. Probably on the time this podcast mm-hmm. goes out. Uh, pick up Stardew Valley. It's a great game. People I should play it. Play that. Um, this That's is my like, uh, what Harvest Moon, right? It's, Stardew Valley. It, it's Harvest Moon, but better. Uh, on better. PC, it has mod Damn. support. So if you ever wanted to mod a Harvest Moon game, you can go for it. It's actually fairly simple to mod, like versus mm. some other games. It's also on console and coming to the Switch soon. Um, Hell yeah! This is my weekly reminder to go play Transistor. You got to do it every week. This is my weekly reminder. Got to stick it in there. Um, I recently picked up a game called One Shot. It's an interesting, like, little, like, kind of like a puzzle adventure, almost. Like, it's Mm. definitely, like, old school adventure game vibe to it. Um, And it's PC only. And it takes advantage of the fact that it's a PC title. Like, what they do in this game really can't be done on a console. And, like, that's... In what sense? I don't want to give it away too, too much, but like very early on, there's like, it's like within like the first like five, 10 minutes of the game, it becomes apparent that like, 
oh, this is something that like really can only be done on a computer. Like okay. it's a it, the game is aware it's a computer game, like not like it's in so a narrative funny. sense, but like like for example, like when I when you start the game, they call out you by your the name on your PC. Like mm. it's like. Hey, Seaver, what's up? And you're like, how do you know my oh, name? Right. I didn't put a name in or anything. It's like, yeah, I know it's you. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's kind of frightening. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, we know. It's, it's not like a, it's not a scary game, and it's really, really short. Like, I beat it in like three, four hours. But it's a very oh, interesting wow. game, and it's like five bucks, so I recommend picking it up. Not if you're, bad. Very good pixel art and soundtrack. Um, cool. Oh, so it's like an 8-bit, 16-bit ki- game? Kind of, yeah. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, You know, Sonic Adventure 2 is like, Two bucks now. If you want to go play an awful game, there's your you chance. Roll around with the speed of sound. Um, but, but, I picked up Baldur's Gate for like two dollars. Uh, if you oh, want okay, to, so if you if you want like one of the quintessential CRPGs, Baldur's Gate one or two, you can't go wrong with either. Mm-mm. Um, the Witcher franchise is on sale, and like all three of them. Yeah, all three of them. I think the entire franchise is between sixty to eighty-five percent off on Steam. That's so really good. If I you, still need to play three. If you have time and want to play a good game, pick up three. You really don't need two or one to, to understand it, though some people will recommend it. I don't because I never played it. Uh, mm. And Dark Souls 1 and 3, not 2. 1 and 3, not Fuck 2, because two. 2 is mad. Nah, 2 is two's pretty good. But uh, if, if, you're new to the fr- games, yeah. if you're new to the franchise, pick up 3. 3 is probably the oh, easiest yeah. to get into. But uh, I'm, I'm a big 1 guy big one i think three is probably my favorite out of all the dark souls um, i like one for the uh the world construction just because mm-hmm. i think like just finding everything that links together like more back to where you were like you know 10 hours back is a little bit more rewarding than it was in three plus three there's like bonfires out the ass so yeah. it doesn't feel as rewarding to get to one and then yeah. cool so one game i want to recommend more? uh pick up the banner saga it's a hand-drawn like hand-drawn animation and everything it's like fire emblem s tactics game it's like they combine mm-hmm. you combine fire emblem tactics with uh well not fire it's like a tactics rpg but combine that with like a game of thrones vibe but with mm-hmm. norse mythology like that might have been the one i was thinking of when you were talking about uh baldur's gate earlier that might have been the one i was thinking of that i thought was on uh on console as well not just pc but uh it's really good. It has a bit of the Oregon Trail in it, like a little mix of Oregon Trail mm-hmm. and uh, like a Telltale game where like you can make dialogue choices that imp- impact the story. Then mm-hmm. it has a bit like a caravan management. Like it's not. It's very light. It's not like something too in depth, but mm-hmm. it's a very interesting combination of like Oregon Trail Telltale game choices mixed with like Fire Emblem combat in between these narrative beats, and it's very very like lovingly crafted world and i highly recommend it especially since fairly recently like a couple months ago the third game uh success uh, had a successful kickstarter so the third oh, game cool. i think is coming out happening? i think it's 2018 it's coming out in okay and it, cool. the ne- the when you play like one and two like you can actually carry your save file into two hmm. okay cool is that all um that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Uh, right. Dishonored two, go play it. It's a good game. No, Dishonored two. There you go. <laughs> How much did that get discounted to? I don't know. Or are you just saying people to go play? It? I was saying go play because I like I remember like looking on like my YouTube videos like why aren't people wa- yeah. buying Dishonored two? And it's like yeah, yeah people should go buy Dishonored oh, two. Yeah. 
You know, by design. They, they 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 patched it. It got fixed. They patched it, so it works. When yeah. does that DLC come out? It's not DLC. It's a standalone title, like a mini title. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It comes out cool. this September. It's gonna be thirty bucks. Uh, it's pretty much uh, it's always sunny title. Uh, two characters try to go kill God. No, oh, there you go. Makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in, listening each and every week. Where me and my man Brandon here get together, talk about games, things coming up, things we're looking forward to, things we hope you're looking forward to. You can catch us at youtube.com forward slash little games. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash little games, capital TW. Catch us on podcast services, what have you, what need you, like iTunes, SoundCloud, all the good stuff, all the good juice, all that tangy juice. You like that tangy juice, Brandon? Yeah, I'm I'm me, personally fond of orange pineapple. That's good stuff. Let, let me hear you say it again. Say it one more time. Butt rock. Ooh, Mufasa. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> thank you, listeners. Stay happy, stay healthy. <laughs>